to Blue Damakeri. Thank you so much, Fred, for sharing with us the scripture this morning. The prophet Isaiah, in the 11th chapter, describes a day when all is right with the world. Hear that. When all is right with the world. The wolf shall live with the lamb, Isaiah says, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a child shall lead them. Greta Thunberg, a young woman from Sweden, was overwhelmed as she learned about climate change and committed herself to do something about it. And so in August of 2018, Greta began missing some school days, usually Fridays, as she would stand in front of the Swedish parliament in Stockholm, holding a sign which read in Swedish, School Strike for the Climate. She stood alone most days protesting, but social media posts on Instagram and Twitter and some YouTube videos soon went viral, and before long, large numbers of young people around the world were joining in the protest to save the planet. In September of this year, just one year after Greta began protesting by herself, somewhere around 7 million people, many of them students, held climate strikes in 4,500 locations, including St. Louis, in 150 different countries. It all started with a young woman, all of 15 years old, who stood tall and alone to let her voice be heard. And the child shall lead them. In many places around the world, the male patriarchy is afraid of letting girls and young women attend school. And yet, in many of these places, even as they face reprisals, young women courageously break tradition and oftentimes the law to seek an education. One such girl, a 14-year-old named Malala, attended school and spoke out for the rights of women to get an education. As the oppressors continued to rant and rave and threaten violence against female students, Malala and her friends continued to go to school. Malala was shot in the head by a Taliban gunman after taking an exam at her school. The vicious event garnered worldwide attention and focused the spotlight on the struggle that women experience in all parts of our world. Malala became an international hero and the cowardly actions of her would-be assassin were condemned. Miraculously, Malala survived, and she has become an ongoing force in the struggle for women's education rights. She became the youngest recipient ever of the Nobel Peace Prize. While inequality in education still persists, more and more opportunities are possible because a 14-year-old girl refused to step back, and the child shall lead them. Matthew Shepard, 
A student at the University of Wyoming was 22 years old when he was savagely beaten, tortured, and left to die because he was gay. The unspeakable tragedy of his death in 1998 led many to reassess their own notions about gay people. And for many, Matthew's death became a transformative event as irrational fear became tolerance and tolerance became acceptance. People were forced to examine their own irrational prejudices and attitudes changed. The overwhelming outpouring caused by this senseless brutality paved the way for the passing of federal hate crime legislation several years later. Personally, Matthew Shepard's death was an eye-opener for me as the father of a freshly outed gay son and the pastor of a Midwestern church. As I listened to evangelical leaders respond to Matthew's death, I was stunned by how hollow their sorrow sounded as they mixed in lots of homophobic rhetoric with their statements of concern. It was a real aha moment for me as I realized that these church leaders did not represent me and my personal understanding of grace and love and acceptance. The death of Matthew Shepard opened a lot of eyes, and the child shall lead them. Ryan White was diagnosed with AIDS at the age of 13 after contracting the disease through a blood transfusion. Under pressure from parents in the community who bought into the misconceptions and myths of the day, and who ignored the doctor's assurance that he posed no risk to other students, Ryan was expelled from his middle school in Kokomo, Indiana. His parents sued the school, and the resulting legal battle propelled Ryan's case into the front pages, and he became a national celebrity and spokesperson for AIDS research and his right to attend school. Ryan White became a voice to and for so many young people with the then-fatal disease. His story helped change the national conversation about AIDS. And the child shall lead them. Anne Frank was a 12-year-old Jewish girl who, along with her family, went into hiding as Nazis invaded the Netherlands. Anne and her family hid in an attic of a small business for two years and kept a personal diary. The diary gives an incredible first-hand account of life for this Jewish family during Nazi occupation. The family was eventually arrested and Anne died in a concentration camp in Germany. Her story, the published diary, has been read by millions millions and millions of school children as it has been published in 70 different languages. The diary has helped teach generations about the atrocity of hate because a 12-year-old child wrote it down. And a child shall lead them. The Hebrew prophet Isaiah wrote of a child who would lead 
For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. From its earliest days, the Jesus movement looked back to this scripture as foundational in understanding the mission and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Wonderful. Counselor. Everlasting. Loving parent. Prince of peace. The ruler of a kingdom where justice and goodness reign. Now, while Christians have long seen these verses in Isaiah as referring to Jesus... It is intriguing to me that the Gospels and the New Testament actually focus little on the childhood of Jesus. There are those two birth stories, one in Matthew and one in Luke. And one episode in Luke about Jesus when he's 12 years old. But there are no other references to Jesus as a child. No other stories. Now some of the extra biblical stuff tell some fascinating tales about the child Jesus, about the idols in Egypt falling before him as he passed by, or the live birds he made out of clay that flew away, or the dead fish he breathed life into, or the man who fell off the roof and he resuscitated, resurrected, or the kid who dies after Jesus curses him, and then comes back to life at the next command of Jesus. But in the scripture itself, there's not much about the childhood Jesus. It is almost as if what matters to the gospel writers and the New Testament writers is not Jesus' childhood, but the fact that Jesus was born. In the natural mom gets pregnant, carries a baby for nine months and goes into labor kind of way. The way all the other babies have been born. And that makes sense. Because it is in Jesus' birth that signals something profound. His childhood is his childhood and I would love to know more about it. But it is in the birth itself that divine profoundness is on display. God has taken human form. God has somehow expelled divinity and embraced humanity. God now has a human face. God is enfleshed. And it is the enfleshed God, the one we call Jesus, who teaches us. How to live, and how to love, and how to care, and how to commune with God. While the gospel writer John doesn't give a birth narrative per se, 
he gives us a theological encapsulation of what Jesus' birth means. He writes, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then you drop down a few verses in John's Gospel and you read this. And the Word, when birth happened, became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen the glory, the glory as of the Father's only weos, full of grace and truth. And that child still leads us. Amen.